one of the things I'm most excited about this season of Seamside is this idea of backstitch, where we go back and touch base with folks from season one to see what they've been doing in the last year. So, seemed only right that we start with Emma Freeman. You'll remember from that episode, we talked about how she buried books in the dirt. Couldn't believe it when I heard it, but it made for a wonderful conversation. If you haven't heard it, I recommend you go back and listen to that one, and then come back to what she's doing now. And if you like what you hear, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Sure would be sweet. And now, without further ado, Backstitch with Emma Freeman. Emma Freeman, thank you so much for joining me on the first ever episode of Backstitch on Seamside. Mm. How you doing tonight? Thanks for having me. I'm doing really well. I can't believe it's been a year since we talked last. Ugh. But I'm, you know what I've been wondering this whole time? What? I've been wondering, <laughs> I've been wondering, <laughs> we're going to cut that a little bit. Emma, you know what I've been wondering this whole time? Emma, you got to say what? Oh, I'm setting myself up. <laughs> I can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay. I got Emma, it. I got it. <laughs> you, you got it. You're good. Okay. This will be the blooper reel. Uh, Emma, you know what I've been wondering this whole time? What? Are you still burying things? <laughs> um, well, yes, I think is the answer. I have been, I've buried a lot of things this year since we last talked um yes I let's see I've buried a lot more fabric meditation books I started to bury some of my contemplation cloths which are these larger stitched um much larger uh stitched pieces so I put some of those in the ground I sent some off to be buried in other places around the world and um uh yeah, so it's been the bearing currently there's nothing underground, but it still feels like something that is uh definitely speaking to me and I can tell uh I'm I'm being drawn to incorporate other elements of the earth. So um one of the things I did in uh this year was uh, with one of my buried books after I dug it up from the ground and spent some time with it, I decided to incorporate smoke. So I, I um, took it over a, a fire in a fireplace and infused it with the smoke. So there's something about all the elements in nature that I'm feeling drawn to incorporate into the buried pieces. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. And, and what would you attribute to, at least at this point in your life, not having anything underground? Uh, the ground's frozen. So. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> and actually, I feel right now my relationship to stitching is changing a lot. So I don't have anything at the moment that feels like it's telling me that it wants to be buried. So I'm waiting for that cue from something that I make that tells me that it needs to go underground. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. One of the things that you mentioned last time we chatted that has really stuck with me was that you said that you were being drawn to things that you needed without even realizing that you needed them until you're a little bit further down the road. And I guess what stuck to me about that comment is we don't always know what we're looking for, but we're still looking for it. We're still actively seeking it, even if we don't actively know what we're seeking, right? So how, in the past year, looking back, what what 
were you being led to the last time we talked that you have now found? I love that question. Um, well, a couple of things. I am definitely being, have been led in the last year, and I think it still am being led deeper and deeper into writing, into poetry. And um, it's feeling like that's wanting much more of my attention than it has before it it is becoming a bigger presence and i'm learning to trust that and give it the space that it wants or seems to want in my life um and the other thing is in the last year i just intuitively bought a massage table i didn't know why i just had this moment where i was like i need to buy a massage table and uh so i did and then um was giving massages just to my family members and through a winding series of events i ended up starting massage therapy school um in september just a few months ago and that's another one of those things that i have been led to and i don't know why and um, I'm just trusting that sense that it's what I need to be doing. Well, you know, the thing with the thing with burying books and such is that it is a very physical process, isn't it? And so there's a connect, a direct connection in my mind between incorporating the elements like you are, whether that's the soil or the smoke and other things. And then wanting to work with the human body as well as almost like a physical material. Yes. Yeah. And actually, as you say that, I realize I'm really starting to see these connections um, between all of it, between the stitching and the connection to nature and the poetry and now massage, because it's all about intimacy and touch and um, and feeling into what is happening um, often underneath the surface and sensing subtleties and connecting to them and uh, responding or, cre or creating a conversation with them. And that is, it's all the same, kind of all the same thing in those different spaces, which is really fascinating to me, the way that these threads can happen without um, planning them out. And it's sort of, now I'm learning to just trust that that is my path. If I just keep listening and paying attention to those whispers and those cues, and if I can be courageous enough to take a step towards whatever that is, it always, it keeps leading me wherever I um, need to go. So Emma, I love so much of what you're saying, because I always, I often talk about improv quilting as kind of a soft laboratory for living and being able to practice these skills with fabric to build muscle that I can then transfer to other areas of my life, right? Because if I can take risk with fabric, like what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I just, I mess up a piece of fabric and I pick out the stitches or whatever, right? But then when I take a risk and things go well, there's a reward there. And it gives me that confidence, that encouragement that I need to take risk in other areas of my life. And so there's definitely like this transference of skills that's happening. And I hear you saying that between stitching and massage therapy, that, mm, that massage therapy is giving you a sensitivity and that stitching is giving you a sensitivity. And it makes me wonder, like, 
Are they heightening each other? Are they making each other even more honed in, more tuned in mm, to what's going on? Yes. I mean, I, that's what I'm finding because it's all it's all about touch. And to me, like, it's all also about healing for, um, and poetry is equally like in there as well. And the deeper I go, what I find through my stitching is when I hold these old fabrics from Japan or from India or wherever I'm finding these fabrics. And I can, if I sit in a certain kind of awareness and spaciousness, I start to sense these subtle energies that are in in them, that are held in them. And that completely connects to my writing practice when I sit and feel into something and write with it. And also massage, if I can learn to kind of keep opening up the sensitivity, not only of my hands, but my whole being. And then what's happening with someone else's energy and how can we communicate with the intention of, of really channeling that life force, that love to heal, you know? So it's all connected. So these days in the last year, it sounds like you're connecting in a number of different ways. You're connecting to the body through massage. You're connecting more deeply through your writing and through your poetry. Are there any other connections that have that have forged themselves in the last year since we talked? Um, I've been going deeper into definitely nature and within nature, like these things are opening up like I'm exploring sound healing and um, deeper into meditation, which is connected to sound healing. But they're all like connected to everything else and taking everything deeper. So I don't I have the sense right now that like all of these things are going to start to weave themselves together and they haven't quite yet. And I just have to keep being patient with watching how this is all unfolding. I'm in one of those chapters you just need a flashlight it's like someone told me you don't need to see all the way down the path going back to your road analogy right you don't need to see all the way down the path you just need something that lets you see the next couple of steps and you keep walking until you get to the end of the to where you want to be one of the things that you and i have talked about in the interim time between this conversation our first seam side conversation is the idea of community and holding space. We had that wonderful conversation about holding space while I was in LA. What's going on with you and community now? Like where's your head and heart mm. at when it comes to that? So since we talked on the podcast last, I started an online community. Um, and that was an experiment to see if I could um, make it my home base for my teaching and host some new things like sound healing and explore Buddhist teachings, which is something I've gotten really into as well. So it was really my playground to try out some new things. And it has been just absolutely beautiful and incredible. Um, but what I discovered in the last couple of months as these new things are arriving in my life, um, my relationship to stitching has really changed and um that's really the anchor of that community and it's why i started it and then these other things were kind of branches off of that and right now i'm feeling like actually i don't need stitching in my life in the way that i have and it may come back in another form but right now there's this pause happening and so i don't feel like um the same desire or passion to hold space for people to stitch in the same way that I have. So that community is transitioning right now. 
And I'm feeling called to build community around writing now around poetry as healing and um, which was part of, has been part of this community that I have going, but it's been like a tiny little part. So I'm feeling called to like, let that blossom and be the focus. Which I'm sure will yield amazing fruit. But I got to circle back to something you just said. You just dropped a little bomb on us. You said you and Stitch and you've had a, your, a change in relationship with stitching. I know. Can you believe it? Yeah. Tell us about that. You just dropped that casually. No, I couldn't believe it. Go ahead. Tell us more about I that. I mean, it has taken me. It's surprised me. It's in the last couple of months. I, I felt a shift and I didn't know what it was. And as I've sat with it, I, I don't feel like I'm done with stitching, but I feel like the the role that it served for me over the last two and a half years has been was so important and so it got me through some really intense deep inner work that I needed to do and I could feel like I got to a new place in my healing journey where that I no longer needed it in the same way um and so it feels like it's just like every time now I've got all my stitching pieces sitting around me and I I will come to my table and and see are any of them talking to me? I'll pick one up and hold it. Like, no, it doesn't feel like, oh, get it away from me. It's more like that charge isn't there. It's not like pulling me in to be part of it in the same way that it was. So I'm just letting them kind of breathe. And um, so I don't know what's going to happen with stitching, which feels weird, to be honest, because it's been such a huge part of my life. Um, So I'm just in that unknown space right now with it. There's a season for everything. Lion fallow is a season. All rooms go quiet eventually. And we can grow and we can change and our interests can change. That's a-okay. Yeah, it can be hard to navigate that because especially if like something that I'm coming up against a lot with this is how much my of my identity is connected to it. And I'm being led in other directions, but I feel this desire to like hang on to it because it's meant so much to me. And I've built community and beautiful relationships through it. So there's actually a lot there, like a lot of grief that's coming up. Um, and also just not being able to really articulate what is going on with it. Like, I don't know (laughs) why it's changing or, or where, what's going to happen. So. And now here's this fellow sitting here poking and prodding you on a podcast. (laughs) Talk about this thing. You can't explain because you're deep in the middle of it. (laughs) Well, Hey, we got it on record. So we'll just circle back one of these days and we'll talk about where you are now from the perspective of the future. Perfect. Emma, is there anything else you'd like to add to this conversation? Oh, it's amazing how much happens in a year. It's amazing the places we go and, um, yeah, if uh, I, I love having touch points like this to check in and just like, Hey, what has happened? Just to kind of have those reflective moments. Cause otherwise it can just kind of keep, 
cruising along. So thank you for this. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I know I've been curious, so I assumed other folks would be curious too, what's been going on with this person who buries <laughs> books. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> Emma, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Time sure does pass funny, doesn't it? It's amazing how quick it can go. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. There will be more to come. And folks, if you're not already doing it, go so something good. I'll see you next time.